0: Bernard here, I'm the Managing Director of IronEar Limited. We're developing the Rhyolite Ridge Lithium and Boron Project in Nevada in the United States. It's the most advanced greenfield lithium development in the US and we're looking to be in production in uh, late 2024 and into 2025.
1: Bernard, lovely to meet you. Um, a, a big Lithium story that we've been wanting to um, hear for ourselves. Uh, congratulations on the Sabanier deal. That was uh, quite a coup. Yeah, thanks, uh,
0: Matt. Um, great to be here. Uh, yes, it was. You know, look, we, we ran a process, a very uh, sort of ordered and systematic process with the help of Goldman Sachs. We started that shortly after we finished our Definitive Feasibility Study in sort of uh, May, June of last year. And uh, We were delighted that that process uh, ended up with uh, Sabanier joining us as the partner on Ridge, Reach uh, 50-50 joint venture and uh, Sabanier will be contributing the equity component required to build the project uh, and assisting uh, or together the 2 of us will then put in place the debt. So it largely covers then the, the financing, financing aspect of this project.
1: Yeah, okay. Look, and I, Brenda, I do want to get onto the kind of growth component, because I always say, you know, companies of a certain size, you're, you know, one and a half billion Aussie uh, at, at the moment. It gets harder and harder to tell the growth story. So to bring new investors in, you've got to give them a reason why. And I want to talk about that one, but I'm kind of fascinated by the, how you go about getting someone like a Sabanier on board, like, you know, you start a process, mm. it takes a certain amount of time, you've got to kiss a few frogs along the way. Um, what was what was your and, and clearly they've got a massive balance sheet that helps the US exposure, it helps. And I suspect the way that they can help you put this project together will help. But when you were talking to some of the other potential players, what were you seeing?
0: Um I think um, you know, we as I said, we it was a very structured process uh with Goldman and so we we probably spoke to a total of about 80 different parties during that time. Some of them, you know, were very early discussions that didn't go anywhere, and some of them, you know, advanced on and, and ultimately uh, culminated in, in the uh, Sabania deal. Um, so, what did we see? I think we, we, we expect, or if I could start with our expectation, was that we would probably um, select a partner who was interested in securing the lithium. So It was the Lithium that would drive the uh, the, uh, investment decision in this project, uh, i.e. invest and secure a substantial supply for the long-term of low-cost Lithium in the United States, which obviously is a very attractive proposition. Um, As we went along, though, what we realised was that uh, that probably wasn't where we were going to land with this deal. uh, That, in fact, uh, parties and and obviously uh, Sabanya fits into this category, but parties who were not so much attracted by, by the lithium as a as securing an off effectively, but rather uh, a true partner in the project that had you know development experience, that um, operational experience in the United States, uh, and really wanted to be a major player like we do in the supply of the material and not simply investing to secure a supply so I think that that was the thing that we saw most I think you know it's fair to say it surprised us a little bit particularly early on that we saw a lot of the companies that we spoke to who were end users or sort of intermediary um, you know weren't really seriously considering uh, direct investment at the project level you know certainly there was plenty of interest in offtake. Uh, plenty of interest in some, you know, some other things that might come with offtake, prepayments, etc. That would assist in the uh, building of a project like this. But very, very few who were really well developed in their thinking around taking an ownership stake in a in a in a producing asset, and that that surprised us, to be honest. Um, but you know, we we were very pleased with where where we went through that process, and of course, ultimately where we landed with Savigny.
1: What surprised me was this wasn't a Chinese funder. Seems to be that's. The, I'm get, sorry. What surprised me was the fact that it wasn't a Chinese funder because we're looking <laughs> at Gangfang and Catal, etc. cetera. They, those guys have been first to market, getting in quick while the West kind of was sleepwalking into what seems to be you know a, a massive um, supply issue for lithium because not all yes. these projects are going to get into production, are they?
0: No, no, that's right. Um, and look, uh, you know, I think the the U.S. factor was something that was important here, um, and so I think that sort of sort of steered the steered us as a company in a certain direction as to who our partner would be. I mean, we obviously certainly had a Chinese interest in securing our lithium, but um, you know, our board also made it very clear that we wanted the lithium produced at Ryolite Ridge as, as much as possible. To supply ultimately into the U.S. domestic market. I mean, you know, you, that can't happen immediately because you know the, there isn't a lot of cathode manufacturing in the United States. But but it's coming. Um, so yeah, it, it was a surprise, you could say. Um, and and I think you know the re- the reality is, and it's borne out in how we've seen these projects financed, is that the Chinese are just way more advanced in the, in their thinking on on financing and developing and then securing. Uh, lithium from these projects, and we 've seen very few other parties uh, particularly in for green fields um, very very few other uh, you know non chinese parties who have actually you know invested uh, or committed to invest uh, the sort of quantums that we 're talking about, like Sabanier did you know to build these projects they you know they 're billion dollar projects and plus billion in some cases
1: yeah i mean I, I think what so again struck me was um you know the fact that not a lot of people actually knew how to. Oh, sorry, they didn't know how to put a deal like this together. It seemed a, a year ago. You know, I think there was a lot of mm. interest, a lot of conversations, a lot of diligence, um, but not from a point of view of "I'm trying to get a deal over the line here." They're just trying to possibly just understand the market. It seemed. I mean, what, what did you see when you were having the conversations?
0: oh yeah, I think exactly as you've described. There was there's, there was a lot of um, you know. Testing the water and sounding out, and you know, getting a feel, getting comfortable in the market. Um, you know, looking at alternatives. Uh, but again, I I, th- I think what we saw, if you if I look at the parties that were, uh, you know, the main contenders when it came to towards the final stages of uh, negotiation, then you know, the, the, they were names that would surprise you um, because they they weren't the. You know they weren't the OEMs, they weren't the battery makers, they weren't the cathode makers. Uh, like, like, I think we all levitate too when we think about who's going to fund one of these projects. Um, you know, it's obviously there's the main Chinese players, but then there's you know the uh the auto uh, um the auto companies, the Teslas of the world, the, the big um you know cathode and battery manufacturers, but um. Yeah, I think we just we, we, we saw more um, we saw a more uh, sort of I would say nudge understanding of the space um, from some of the more left field names.
1: Right, it, it, yeah, it's an, an interesting. I, and we 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 we've got a weekly show on our, on the CrossInvestor um, platform where we, we we sort of talk about the way that markets uh, move, and I think that the lithium market has had a you know a few. False starts, you know, 2017, I think, and obviously end of last year was a nice little boost. And and as the price of the various lithium products, um, you know, rise, um, we weren't necessarily seeing uh, a lot of action from Western countries, despite talking about critical minerals and European or North American ecosystems for battery metals. And uh, the Chinese seem to be, you know, just that little bit more forward thinking and there's a kind of period of discovery, it seems. But um, look, you've ended up with Sabanier Stillwater. Looks like a good deal for them. Looks like a good deal for you. There's a degree of control Mm -hmm. that you've managed to retain. Um, What were those negotiations like? Because I'd expect someone like Sabanier in their balance sheet to walk in and just be taking 70, 80, 90% of the the company, but you've ended up quite nice terms. Mm. How'd you do it?
0: Yeah, um, it's a good question. so, I think, you know, we, we, we actually, from the outset, we, we were pretty clear to the, to the market and to the, you know, potential partners that we were only looking to sell a minority stake in the project. So, you know, to make it very clear that we wanted to keep control and, and operatorship. And uh, I think, you know, with, with uh, Sabanier, I think they, um, you know, they, they entertained uh, or they entered the discussions on that basis. But I think they really were very, very keen to become equal partners uh, in the project. And, you know, our board, that's not something that we set out to do, but we got comfortable with it. We negotiated the full joint venture agreement um, during that process so that we, you know, we got comfortable with the structure uh, of a 50 50 JV uh, that INE would maintain operatorship. And, uh, and, you know, and that's, that's what we wanted, and, and Sabanier were, um, you know, very understanding of that. Um, I think the attraction, though, at the end of the day, and, and Sabanier, you know, mentioned this to me, was that it wasn't just the project in Ironia. It was the team and the expertise that we'd built. Um, you know, I think they saw in, in us, in our team, and the work that we'd done, a level of um, depth and understanding of our deposit. That was not so common. Um, and look, you know, we we've spent a hundred million dollars uh, on this project. So, um, you know, we've uh, we, we've you could say we've uh, you know thrown a lot at it. Uh, we've been very systematic in the work that we've done. We've always approached it from the perspective of we're going to build and operate this. Um, If you look at our board, we've got experienced uh, developers and operators in the mining and chemical processing, including in Lithium and Boron, Um, with Alan Davies and and our Chairman James Calloway um, from Oricobre, Alan from Rio Tinto, uh, and and the other directors with their experience as well. So, um, you know, I I think that... uh, Sabonier saw in the INE team, a team of people that they uh, you know wanted to be partners with. And so they they got comfortable with the 50-50, as did we.
1: So and I like I promise I do want to get on to the growth bit of the story in a second, but I'm just I'm just fascinated by because yeah. I'm looking for signals and signs and learnings for you know other investments, you know, when moments when companies do certain things and what that what that, what, what can happen as a result. I'm looking back to the 80 million bucks you raised back in, in March, right? That's a big chunk chunk of change, right? Um, Did that allow your negotiations to start off on a much firmer footing? You know, because you must have, were Sabania involved at that point? Were you in discussion with them at that point? No. No, okay.
0: No, 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 they weren't. So, um, I mean, they were probably aware of the project, but uh, we weren't in negotiations with them at that time. Um, So, Absolutely, it helps not only with them because we were we were talking to other parties as well, um, particularly at that time, and uh, so I think that uh, again that was a conscious decision uh, from by our board to make sure we went into those. Negotiations with a very strong balance sheet, so that we weren't. And remember, the as you as you would well recall, you know the the lithium market wasn't all roses um, back in uh, sort of March, April, May of last year. You know, I mean, you know, I think uh, there was lithium carbonate being sold at sub five thousand dollars a ton. And uh, so, you know, we we wanted to go into those discussions. We knew that the market would turn at some point. We, of course, we didn't know when that would happen. But we didn't want to put ourselves in a position where we had to do a deal, even if we weren't comfortable to do it. Uh, And and the raising that money was about strengthening our balance sheet to put us in a position. If we had
1: to go into a holding pattern, we were prepared to do it. It yeah, it makes you makes you defensible, right? I I think that's that's what I read into you know at the time. Makes you defensible, but it also has the benefit of if you can get something like a Sabanier deal over the line, it actually looks like cheap money, right? Because you didn't need to raise eighty million.
0: Well, yeah, I think you're right. And then the other thing it does um, is maintains momentum. And if you look at what Ironear has managed to achieve, you know, it's from two thousand and sixteen when we first started working on this project, um, yeah, we've we've been able to maintain very good momentum throughout by raising capital. Uh, when the market conditions have been favourable, and, uh, you know, the momentum is important. And, um, you know, again, I, I think Sabanier and, and the other parties that were interested saw that, that we were in a strong position, we were able to maintain that momentum, and, and that certainly helped us. With the price that we were looking for for that capital investment.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and, and let's say and I think you, you got a better deal as a result. Therefore, That's what I mean by it's it's retrospectively, you know, cheap money. Um. Yeah. You are now lining. You've you've now kind of funded through. Um, to, you, well, I mean, what is that? All of the equity requirement? Is that 100% of the equity requirement?
0: Yeah, what, yes. Um, so, I mean, in round numbers, it's an $800 million project. Yeah. Sabanier are putting in 500 or just under $500 yeah. million. Yeah. Um, IE will have $100 million or more in the bank by the time we make FID. We've currently got about $160 million in the bank. Um, so, basically Sabanya's 490 will go into the joint venture with with the project so the the, the project uh, company will have 490 million uh which obviously is uh, w- well over 50% of the 800 we need um and the remainder will be debt funded so all, all of the equity basically is covered by the Sabanya investment
1: Gotcha. okay and um that, wow. So the, the debt is what as a percentage? What's the what's the debt equity ratio?
0: Oh well, I mean it would be thirty. I mean you know we're talking three hundred million dollars of, of eight you know out of eight to get to the you know five hundred from Sabanye and three hundred to get us to eight. But what what we're actually planning on doing is raising probably in the order of four hundred million dollars in debt, so that we we have nine hundred million in total, five hundred equity. 400 debt, 900 million dollars, and that would allow you know working capital for the joint venture company. Uh, It would allow us to also look at some uh, early um, you know value add um, options that we have, including one of them being uh, you know early introduction of hydroxide production if the customers that we're talking to. Uh, are, are um, you know if that 's necessary for the customers, which you know there's a distinct possibility it will be. Um, so you know, we we're going to put 900 million in, in place with the
1: debt. Perfect. Okay, and that's where I wanted to go because you're, you're predominantly at the moment a, a carbonate, um story. So to to go down the, the the hydroxide route, which is what a lot of lithium companies are very very keen for us to understand about their project, whether or not they can deliver is another matter. But very keen to say we can capture mm-hmm. value further downstream by by providing a hydroxide yeah. uh, product. Now technically, that's a little bit more difficult um, you have got the team currently on board that can can do that do, what does or does Sabanier still want to bring something to the party there too
0: um I oh know I mean I think you know that is one of the things that I where we're, we're very strong with uh, you know with with James Calloway on, on on the board as chairman executive chairman but but also some of the other technical uh, process uh, people process engineers that were involved with our Cobra and SQm and Albemarle uh, Peter Aaron being one of them. Um, so, yeah, we, I mean, we, we have a team who built things before and know just how difficult it is to go from a carbonate, particularly a technical grade product, to a batch of grade. You know, um, again, it's one of those things that's easy to say, much harder to do. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you look around the world at, at um, you know, whether it be spodumene conversion or purification of uh of carbonate in brines to, to battery grade uh, hydroxide, it's not an easy thing to do, and it's becoming more and more difficult because the impurities, uh, particularly the metallic impurities, are becoming more and more important. Uh, as in terms of keeping them to a minimum, so you know now, now we're talking about you know t- several tens of ppb metallics, and uh, that 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 is an incredibly difficult thing to do, particularly. At an operational site. And um, I I think, you know, if you look at what we did with um, Echo Pro, our lithium offtake partner, Echo Pro Innovation from Korea, you know, we we actually think that's probably going to be a trend that others uh, adopt as well. And that is that they are taking our carbonate and converting it into the purity specs that they want for their hydroxide and they're doing it right beside their cathode plant and it never actually goes into bags you know you hear stories of contamination in in bagging in in conveying you know metal screws in conveyors all kinds of things that the dust in the desert is a source of metallic particles and uh or, or, you know someone like Echo pro what they're doing is just taking that out away altogether and it's just Make it here and and pump it into the by pipe into the plant next door. No contamination. And um, again, I think you know the, the the deal that we did with Echo Pro was a really interesting one because what we did was we we're selling them technical grade lithium carbonate, but we're pricing it at uh, battery grade hydroxide price. Less a conversion cost, of course. Um, but you know when it we, and I mean there's a lot of evidence already anyway that. The two uh, sorry carbonate and hydroxide prices are probably not the delta between them is not is you know pretty minimal at the moment. It, you know we used to think of it as being fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars, but it's not certainly not at the moment, and it may well not go back to that for some time because you've got this strong demand for carbonate, courtesy of the. Of the cheaper, um, lower energy density batteries that are now, you know, becoming uh, mainstream for the cheaper EV models.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, so, I mean, the EcoPro battery manufacturers of South Korea. Uh, I think they've got deals in place with a number, number of um, Aussie companies. Um, it's only a three-year deal, seven thousand uh, tons per annum of lithium carbonate. You've done enough to kind of buy yourself some time to answer the question of whether you can do this or you want to do this yourselves or you want to fund doing that yourselves and move further downstream, capture that value. Um you're telling me you've got the people technically in house to be able to to do that, which which is great. <laughs> but the, the what what are the what are the questions you're gonna need to answer um in terms of whether you do or, or whether you don't are you know Sabanier feeding into that process as a 50-50 joint venture partner. I mean I'm just, I'm just wondering about you know th- th- that mm. that decision making. How, how do you go about it?
0: Yeah, right? um, oh, look, I look at. I mean, for, for a start, you know, it is a fifty or 50, well, it will be once we, you know, make FID and and, yeah. and the thing kicks in uh the, once the project's fully approved and FIDs made then it's a 5050 joint venture and, and absolutely um, you know sibunya will be involved in that decision-making process uh, the way we look at it though um, is that i mean th- those questions are largely driven by um you know uh, what the market is uh, asking for asking us for and you know we're we're, we're in fairly advanced discussions with multiple parties. We, we have the Echo Pro deal, and as you said, it's 7,000 tonnes, uh, or up to 7,000 tonnes um, but uh, per annum. Uh, but we're in multiple conversations or conversations with multiple other parties, advanced conversations, and what we're hearing is that there's demand for both. And, uh, and you know, we, we want our Offtake to be um, our remaining offtake on lithium to be very strategic. You know, we've said that it's going to be US focused, uh, strategic, and um, you know, if that means that we decide because of the whoever those customers might may be that hydroxide is the preferred end product uh, from us, then we will sit down with them and and uh, look look at you know when and and how much we will convert into hydroxide. I mean we've already done some of the engineering work on it so you know and we've already you know in our engineering design we've set aside an area for uh, hydroxide conversion and it's it is off the shelf type technology so compared to the rest of our flow sheet it's it's, it's quite mainstream um, the biggest thing as i mentioned before is actually doing it in a way to uh, to you know almost eliminate uh, potential sources of contamination, right? And th- and that that right. is a significant undertaking. Um, so um, it is. It also, yeah, you I also think, need to be quite precise. Know,
1: it's, it's kind of like you know you, you've gone about and, and got a player like Sabania Stillwater on board. You've kind of almost got to go through the same process with you know potential buyer of your hydroxide because it's lithiums a very technical. Commodity. It's it's not gold. Gold is gold, right? Mm. It, lithium. You've got to. You've mm. got to. It's not just about you know what contaminants are in there, but but it's the, it's the kind of makeup of the hydroxide that's pres, you know precisely yeah. described by your end bar, of which there may be one, there may be two, but there's not. You're not producing one product for all. So, how do you go about the process of identifying presumably North American players? A year ago, you said the. Uh, the experience of uh, understanding in the market was quite small. Do you think the OEMs are actually ready to step up and, and have proper conversations now?
0: Uh, yes, yes, I do, and 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 my comments earlier were in relation more to in investment in to direct investment into a resource project, into a you know an operational project. No, I understand that, not, but, not, but, not, but not the broader,
1: No, I understand that, but but market. But, but Oems have had the attitude a year ago, certainly, and and our, our experience and exposure to mm. them of do you know what we can always just buy this at market. It's it's not a problem we need to solve yeah, yeah. right now. We're we're trying yeah. to work out how we convert from from. Uh, ice through to battery and it's just, uh, we've got enough problems here. But now they're probably recognizing that we're certainly some of the bars or in a conversation we've had with them was like, ah, we need to secure our own supply. Now we need to get on with this now. We've got, we're looking at 5, 10, 15 years and um, they've recognized that, you know, the Chinese competition is serious. And their supply chains are yes. at risk. So, so from that perspective, I'm saying, yes. do you think you're going to have different types of yep. conversations now?
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're spot on. I, you know, I, t- I totally agree that the the that that is changing the conversation completely. And f- from our experience, it's evolved a lot in the space of 12 months. Um, I think there was a bit of an attitude of, uh, well, you know, yeah, we've 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 got all this capital that we have to invest in. Converting and building new assembly lines and production capacity and all that sort of thing, and 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 so it, it was. Let's leave the, the raw material supply to someone else, um, whether that be you know a, a, an existing producer or or a cathode maker or or even a battery maker. But um, but I'll be, but yeah, what we've seen is that that has that thinking has changed quite quickly over the last 12 months and particularly the last 6 um, to where there, there, there is a, a difference, I think a different approach that uh, is, they've recognised is now required in order to secure supply. And I mean, if we look into the US context, what we're seeing from most of the car makers uh, in the US, they are aligning themselves with Japanese and Korean cathode and battery makers, And so, who who probably, uh, certainly some of them, um, you know, are far more comfortable if we look at someone like, say, um, you know, the Toyota Panasonic joint venture, Prime Planet. I mean, uh, you know, Toyota or Toyota Toshu have obviously been a partner in Orocobre and um, Olaroz for, you know, for, I don't know, more than a decade. Um, So, I I think they bring perhaps a level of um, knowledge and understanding. Of the sort of supply, that sort of upstream of the supply chain that perhaps the auto OEMs weren't really sort of thinking too much about just because it was out of their wheelhouse. You know, I, I think it's understandable. Um, but uh, that's why, that's the way we're, I guess, seeing it that it, it will be uh, in the US context, it's, it's, it is going to be partnerships between US auto. OEMs, uh, and the Japanese and Korean companies in particular, there's, and there's some Chinese as well, of course, for supply of batteries and
1: cathodes. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the Spania deal for you puts you on the map, puts you more on the map. Like you've done a lot of good work mm. yourselves, but it puts you, it puts you more yeah. on the map, <laughs> front, front front and centre, certainly in terms of a US Lithium, produced, lithium company, which will get into production. Because again, we, we, we talked to a lot of companies yes. who are valued as if they're going to get into production, but I'm not necessarily sure that, that they will, you know, cause you've got a lot of, for, for lots of reasons, not, not least of all because, um, you know, there's a lot of big, big current producers out there who can maybe turn the volume up slightly and, and production numbers up slightly to make it, make it sure. difficult. And it's going to then be yes. a price sensitivity, uh, move, which is the companies are at, they're at, a, they're not in control of that. They're going to need lithium to hit certain prices. They're going to need, you know, demand to reach certain levels. So you guys going early puts you, I guess, in the in the in the driving seat. Sorry, pardon, pardon the analogy. Um, a little bit with these with these OEMs. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I think so. And um, you know, if I if I would say one thing, if I were to pick one thing that's changed most. Uh, significantly since we announced the Sabanier deal it, it's actually the level of interest from the offtake partners parties because I think they see us in a different light now um, you know there, there's been significant de-risking of this project thanks to that investment that commitment from Sabanier and and so I think there's you know there's a higher degree of certainty around delivery of that material whereas of course an unfunded project by definition is going to have uh, a much higher risk profile for whether it actually ever gets delivered i think one of the other things that you know sort of distinguishes um, uh eye and ear from you know from our, some other players anyway i'm not saying everyone's like this at all but you know our, our board um, right from the outset made a very made it very clear that we were looking to you know to build uh, fund build operate this project and uh, you know i think when you sort of Go in with that mentality from the board level down, then that has really dictated all the work that we've done, the decisions we've made, the partners we've selected, um, and you know, not every company wants to do that. I mean, some companies are working on projects because they want to take them to a certain level and have someone else come in because they're not they're not operational um, teams, and you know that that's their business model, which is nothing wrong with that. But I think at eye ear, with, uh, you know our board set that uh, very clearly, the agenda for the company very clearly early on that we we weren't going to do um, that in terms of bringing in someone else to take over and and uh, and uh, and we be a minority partner or, or or even disappear. No, it was the intention of our board to build a team to deliver it.
1: We've seen a few companies, Aussie companies, um, UK companies with U.S. assets um, benefit from listing in the U.S., right? Because your U.S. assets selling to the U.S. market with a yeah. very large investment pool, uh, their capital pool, not just, in, not just retail but institutional as well. Is that on the cards anytime soon? Uh, y-
0: yes, it is actually. Um, you know, we've, uh, we've been working on a NASDAQ listing, okay. uh, ADR style of listing, um, we've done a lot of work on that, um, sort of particularly the back half of this year. So, you know, for the last three or four months, we've, and we've had a lot on going on with uh, the Sabanier deal, the offtake deals, the, the debt financing that we're uh, still working on. Uh, but as another stream of work, uh, that we've been progressing, uh, is that US listing. So, we were hoping to, we were trying to get it done before the end of the year, but just with everything we had on, plus there's um, a, an increased level of compliance that came into effect, I think on the 1st of July, just as one example of that, uh, previously, you know, Jork or 43-101 compliant resource and reserve estimates would uh, w- would be accepted by um, the SEC. Well, that's no longer the case, so we had to redo with Golda, our resource and reserve estimates for u s compliance, um, there was other sort of compliance things that were you know took took a little bit longer than we had anticipated but uh, you know we're on track um, you know on, on we 're saying that uh, you know in early parts of next year we're expecting to uh, to list on the ADR okay. uh, list an ADR on the NASdaq
1: got it. Got it. Okay, fine. I, I think that would be obviously a big moment. So what I'm hearing is get the debt uh, sorted um, and, and agreed, um, get in, get into construction at some point, second half of next year. Um, and that's a big chunk of the growth story. And if you layer over that, whatever you do with between carbonate and hydroxide. That, and, and obviously, there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of contracts you're putting together with DeepPoint and Viola, etc., which needs coordinating. It's not it's it's not a it's not a layup. You've got a lot of work to do, but that, that seems to be where you're sort of striding into by the end of next year.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've we've actually awarded quite a few of the engineering contracts already because again, that was part of that strategy of maintaining momentum. So you know that, that eighty million dollars that we raised early this year with Goldman and Ordmanette, um, you know that that was to continue funding engineering work and by that what we mean is you know we 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 put out um, bids or packages for tender uh Veolia being one of the successful tenders on the uh, evaporators and crystallizers well you know we don't want Violia to be delivering evaporators and crystallizers out there just yet um, obviously, but what we what we do want them to be doing is detailed engineering, okay, that final detailed design engineering, which you, you have to have done before you can yeah, you know, start construction. Yeah, I mean, not, not every piece has to be done to 100%, but key pieces do. So, this has allowed us to do what we call limited notice to proceed uh, on all of our engineering contracts. So, Veolia, FL Schmidt, um, uh, um, Dupont uh, is another one uh, that are actually working on uh, packages, doing the detailed engineering. And once we make FID, then those contracts will just roll in to the full notice to proceed. So we, we we've negotiated them, we've settled on the terms, we've entered into the contracts, and they're just sitting there in those two parts. So we won't be re- we don't need to reopen and renegotiate those. They're done. Um, So I think, um, but coming back to your question about, um, you know, where's the sort of the the value add or the the upside in the story, I mean, obviously it's delivering the project is by far the single most uh, value creation um, item that we can do. Um, But what we, you know, what we're also mindful of is that um, with with the with the funding of the project largely taken care of courtesy of that uh, arrangement with um twenty two thousand tons of you know lithium carbonate slash hydroxide and one hundred and seventy four thousand tons of boric acid and I mean that that equates to about you know four hundred and twenty odd million dollars a year of revenue using fairly modest pricing assumptions, um, but what what of course that uh, what. You know, an, an opportunity there. Then, once now that the 800 million is largely taken care of, with the debt to come, uh, is the expansion of that because we, we have got a very very large resource. There, it's 146 million tons. The reserve is around about 60 million tons. What we what's in the mine plan, and hence the MPV of the uh, project. Uh, is all based on 26 years of production of, of, at around about 63 million tons mined over of all mined over those 26 years. So we, we've got more than double that uh, as a resource, and the resource is still open as well. So there is tremendous um, upside in this project and in iron ore uh, th- through future expansion, and obviously having a 50% partner, having phase one, if you like, of the project. The twenty thousand tons of lithium, uh, or a bit above, funded, largely funded, means that we can start to entertain those ideas. And and from resource potential, there's tremendous amount of resource potential. The the mineralisation is still open as well. So, you know, we we will be back out drilling, uh, hopefully uh, in the back half of next year. Um, to expand the resource as well so you know we we sort of parked that while we were doing the feasibility and, and piloting and bringing in Savanier. you can imagine we had lots of things going on all at once so that that sort of upside value add potential was parked but now we're looking at um, you know
1: yeah uh, i think it's right that yeah. that's the right thing to do you, you, you had 26 years uh, life of mine so i think it, it was big enough to allow you to get on with yeah. other things and come back to you later, yeah. so I think I think that's the right call. Hey, well, um, Bruno, yeah. I'm just again conscious yeah. of time here, mate. Um, really nice sure. first run through of this project. Love how you've pieced it together, and it's always just looking at those moments retrospectively makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? To you know see what we can learn as investors about what we should look for in in, in other projects. So um appreciate your time today. Still a growth story, I get it, um, and a lot more uh, work from you to, uh, needed to actually, you know, deliver and piece this together. But a, a big upside when you do. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure. Thanks.